Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's another episode of the Backdoor Cut, part of the Barnburner Podcast Network. This is the Chief and the professor and I are joined by David Cobb, the new Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal. David takes some time to talk his career and some grizz with us. And then bro and I get into some preposterously early season discussions about how things are going thus far. But of course, the Barnburner Podcast Network is brought to you by Blue Note Bourbon, a locally distilled small batch bourbon as smooth as Marcus Gasol's paint defense. Now here's an episode of The Backdoor Cut. all right thanks for joining us today uh today you have the chief and bro here and we have david cobb who is going to be the new beat writer for the commercial appeal covering the grizzlies he uh, most recently worked uh, for the Times Free Press, based out of uh, Knoxville, covering all of the UT Vol sports. And uh, so, David, we're glad to have you on. Hey, happy to be on, man. Small world, kind of being back in the same circle. So kind of tell everyone listening kind of some of your background, where you're from, uh, and kind of what uh, areas you've worked in, who you've covered so far in your career. Well, yeah, I'm from Memphis, and so... Uh, Zach and I know each other from our days as uh, rivals on uh, the various homeschool basketball teams in the city, uh, but we can say those stories for another day. That's a cutthroat uh, lead. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm from Memphis, and, uh, well, Bartlett, if you want to get technical, but uh, uh, for the last seven years or so, I've been on the eastern, mostly on the eastern part of the state, uh, in Chattanooga and in Knoxville, and have been covering ten- Tennessee sports for the last couple of years for the Times Free Press, and uh, but a chance to come home and, and cover the Grizzlies. I mean, it was it was too good to pass up. So, you know, I've got an appreciation for what the Grizzlies bring to just kind of like the civic, uh, you know, kind of the, the civic enterprise that they are and what they mean for the city. And so, I'm excited to be back. 
Yeah, no, awesome. What do you think uh, for you is going to be the most different from co- covering a college uh, college sports to now a professional sports? Oh, yeah, it's going to be so different. Well, for one thing, like the college sports, like the access that they grant you to interviews and to like watching practices and stuff is very limited. Uh, but with the, the NBA, I mean, the access is great. Like you have opportunities to talk with the players essentially every day, usually more than once a day. Uh, you know, they let you in for a, a good portion of practice. You, you get uh, you get to be there during shoot arounds and stuff. So you actually have a chance to develop relationships with the players. And so that's something I'm looking forward to is uh, just kind of having that more open environment. And I mean, you know, just the professional sense in the professional sense, there's the collective bargaining agreement. There's a lot of sort of stuff with that that, you know, I'll have to learn and sort of become an expert on that I haven't had to, to really uh, be too much of an expert on in, in the college game. Um, you know, so there's going to be a lot of differences, but it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun challenge, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for it. No doubt. So what are you most looking forward to with, uh, kind of covering this team, man? Uh, well, th- these Grizzlies, man, like I feel like people are already kind of counting them out, but, uh, they're five and two. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying they're going to go and, and beat golden state, uh, tomorrow night on the second night of a back to back. But, you know, I think that there, there's, uh, something to like about this team if if they can keep Mike and Mark healthy. And that's a big if. But if they can do that, I mean, you know, we could be talking about a playoff team here. And so, you know, I think there's going to be more intrigue maybe with this team than maybe some people around the country uh, want to give it credit for. Uh, because I think they've shown early on here that, you know, they're, they're still uh, a force to be reckoned with in a deep West conference. Yeah, and I, I think you're kind of – at least fortunate to join it at a very interesting time in the franchise. It's like a very pivotal moment. You know, we were terrible last year. We got a high draft pick. We got an exciting young talent and Jaron Jackson. And then everyone, you know, most of the people have been healthy so far. So that's kind of exciting for you to be jumping in at that point in time. Oh yeah. I mean, well, Jaron Jackson Jr. Just seems like one, he's, he's a, he's a good player. Uh, people have asked me like, what do you think about Jaron Jackson Jr.? And I can say, well, I can say definitively through seven games that he's better than <laughs> the beat. Uh, <laughs> Which so, is good. Clear cut. Yeah, that, that is definitely good. Uh, no, I think he's shown a lot of promise. You know, he finally knocked down a three the other night at Utah. Uh, and so, uh, it is, it's kind of a, they're at a crossroads in a sense because, uh, I mean, right now, their three statistical leaders are all 30 years or, or above um, with Mike Mark and Garrett Temple, who's 30 as well. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, a fascinating few years for this front office to really navigate uh, the you know expiring contracts of some of those guys and, and sort of chart the direction for the future. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an exciting time to be coming onto the beat, and not to mention too, just being in Memphis right now in general with everything that that's going on with Penny. I mean, there's just such an excitement I feel like about about the basketball scene. So it's going to be fun to be a part of that. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever covered basketball before, David? Or did you cover Rick Barnes and the boys up there in Knoxville? Yeah, people ask me like, you know, what's what I'm going to miss about covering Tennessee, and it's it's covering the men's basketball team because. You know, I was kind of complaining earlier about, oh, you know, the, the access in college isn't great. You don't get to know the players as well. Mainly speaking about football when I say that because the, men, the men's basketball team in Tennessee, they, they're, they're, they're a lot of fun to be around. Uh, I mean, you guys probably know, but like Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, they've got these huge personalities. Like they're just really chill guys. 
like Rick, like you can just strike up a casual conversation with him and, you know, look at your watch 30 minutes later and be like, you know, okay, wow. Uh, Cause he's just, they're just uh, very much down to earth and uh, they've really got a good group, but it's a different game. Even though I've covered the college game, the professional game is, it's, it's a totally different game. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be different. And that'll be a learning curve too for me, but you know, hopefully I can rely on some of my uh, my vast basketball knowledge that I developed uh, through a, a youth spent at the uh, the Bellevue uh, Rec Center. Uh, <laughs> it up. I think they run kind of the same motion offense that a lot of NBA franchises do over there at Bellevue. You know, really spread the, spread the floor, have a big guy banging down low. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I, the thing I remember is, uh, is Zach White uh, flopping a lot. Zach is – he is perhaps one of the greatest charge takers I've ever seen. Uh, the, the, guy, the guy can read a charge. I've never seen anything like it. I took one too many, though, this year. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're uh, getting older, man. Yeah, highly – anyone over like 25, I, uh, I don't really suggest it. It, it. At least at the recreational level, it's uh, not worth it. I love it. Uh, so you don't have to wait much longer for the Vols to roll back into town. Of course, they're going to play Memphis in December, so – uh, your yeah. boys will be back in town. That'll be a, a big game for the city. So that's exciting. So were you a Grizz fan prior because you grew up here? Or what, was it a situation where you were kind of on the east side of the state when they were sort of going through this Grizz renaissance and starting to get good? Man, I, I grew up a Grizzlies fan. Okay. And, uh, you know, because when I've, I was I was probably like nine, I think, when they, when they nine or ten when they first came to town. And, uh, you know, obviously they, those early years were a real struggle, but – you know, I think I still got an old Stromile Swift bobblehead somewhere. Wow. Oh, you're an OG. Vintage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, yeah, you're allowed no, to cover the Grizzlies for sure. You got your cred yeah, now. I was at the yeah. pyramid, you know, and stuff, uh, watching games as a kid. And, uh, you know, I was there later on. This is way down the road, obviously. But in 2011, I was there in the forum when Zach Randolph, you know, clinched it in game six against the Spurs. And so, you know, I, I – it's obviously – you have to detach yourself once you're covering the team for a newspaper, you know, you're, you're, you're not supposed to be a cheerleader. And so, uh, you know, but I do think that my sort of like history as a, with, you know, with being a fan of the team, uh, helps me understand kind of what people want to know, kind of what, what the franchise means to the city. And, and so I think that'll help me kind of just that the fact that I followed them, you know, while I was growing up. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I imagine it will be difficult and, and challenging, but also fulfilling to, you know, cover it objectively in the news while having been a fan. But that'll be uh, that'll be fun to have someone that that can write from that introspective. Yeah, and stance. I, mean, I did that at Tennessee too. So I mean, it was kind of the same way. I grew up a Tennessee fan, and so you know, I kind of had to take out take off my orange and kind of look at it objectively. And so, in a sense, it's a little sad because like the Grizzlies were like the one thing I had left to be a fan of. <laughs> And now it's just but, work. Uh, man. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Now there's just like a part of my job now. So I, you know, I don't, you know, I've got to take uh, take my Grizzlies gear off, of course. And you know, and yeah, it's it's a, it's fun though. It's it's a fun challenge to do that and to, um, you know, I, I'm fortunate in that, you know, these jobs don't just grow on trees. And so to be in this position, you know, is something I take really really seriously. Not not to get too uh, too far into the hashtag respect the biz. Uh, you know side but but you know what i mean so sure sure uh so yeah i know you start the beat tomorrow i believe have you had a chance to dive into this year's roster and sort of 
start organizing your thoughts on it and sort of how the team's looking so far? Or yeah, man, how about Shelvin Mack? That's the one that probably I think is the biggest pleasant surprise. I would say is, I mean, because they got him for next to nothing, and uh, he's really I think alleviated the pressure from from Mike Conley having to be having to feel like he's got to be Superman, you know, in his first few games back on the floor. So, yeah, I've been watching him, and I'll be watching him tonight, and, uh, and I'll be watching him tomorrow, too, on TV, and my first game will be on uh, Wednesday when they host the Nuggets. Uh, but, yeah, I've had a chance to watch him and, and kind of, you know, just observe from afar. And, you know, I mean, I, they haven't played the toughest schedule so far, but, uh, you know, I think they've looked pretty good overall. Yeah, Sheldon Mack's been kind of a return to the Mack, dressed up as Jack Sparrow yeah. uh, in the Halloween, which was awesome. Seems like a nice guy, too, and would really love to see him get a kind of a three-year, four-year deal, given his age. But he's been, he truly has been good, so that's a, that's a really good really good observation. So when can we look forward to your coverage uh, at the commercial well, field? Yeah, I'm going to write something off, the, off the, the game tomorrow night. Obviously, I won't be at Golden State, uh, unfortunately. I'm hoping to get out there for, the, for that game when they go back. I think it's in December. Uh, but my first story will be after the game t- uh, against Golden State on Monday night. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start being around the team then on uh, – presumably on Wednesday they'll have a, a shoot-around before the Nuggets game, and that will probably be my first time to form around the team. And, you know, from there on out it's, it's nose to the grindstone until, you know, April and, you know, potentially May. And, and so – and obviously then you got the draft and everything. So – you know, NBA is really a very much a year-round thing when you factor in the draft and summer league and, and training camp and stuff. So it'll pretty much be go, go, go. And, uh, I mean, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. So Yeah, definitely, in, at least in Memphis, basketball never sleeps. There's always something going on that, you know, something to talk about. Hell, we were watching summer league this past summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we were, we're, we're stars for star, basketball. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you got, it. you got to. When you got rookies like Javon Carter and Jaron Jackson Jr., you want to see what those guys can do. So, it's true. I mean, I mean, and, like, now, you know, you get you get a league pass or whatever, and, I mean, it's not like it, it's not like it's that hard to find. So, you know, why not? It, it, if you want to consume it, you can, and, and a lot of people in Memphis do. So – Kind of something that just popped in my mind with the the hustle being so close. Do you have any interaction with them, or is it strictly just the Grizzlies? Yeah, I'll probably uh, I'll probably try and keep an eye on them. I don't know that I'll write a ton about you know exactly what they're doing, but you know, of course, I'd love to go down there and do a like a, a feature on like DJ Stephens. Uh, you know, because he's a guy that obviously people in Memphis uh, have a lot of respect for and have have been fans of for a long time. You know, so. I'll definitely keep an eye on them and probably maybe do some more big picture stuff, you know, on them. But, you know, I won't, I won't be writing about them on a, on a daily or weekly basis necessarily. But, you know, they're, they're a part of, of the whole scene, no doubt, because, you know, they, that's big for Memphis. They've got, you know, their G League affiliate literally down the street. So, so that's definitely a part of the equation and part of the job description is to, to stay up on what they're doing. Yeah, no, it's – the more basketball, the better for us here. And, you know, got college ramping up soon this week. So everything's kind of falling into place. Got a good schedule with the Grizzlies. It's a, it's a good time to be here. That's for sure. So, uh, David, where can people find you on Twitter? What's your, uh, what's your handle so we can get you some more followers, get to that, that Memphis crowd now? Yeah, 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 for sure. No, it's, uh, it's David W. Cobb. And Cobb is C-O-B-B. And uh, I've got like one more Tennessee link to tweet out from this past week. And then it's all Grizzlies uh, from then on. So, uh, yeah, give it, give me a follow there. And obviously, you know, uh, commercialappeal.com and, 
uh, whatnot from then on out. Uh, commercial Appeal obviously has a mobile app as well, so that's probably the, the best way for, for most people to keep track of what's going on. Yep. Well, you're definitely joining some really solid, uh, solid group of dudes over there. So we're uh, really looking forward to reading your stuff, David. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, David, no appreciate problem. you coming on, man. Safe travels, buddy. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, that was David Cobb, the newest beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, uh, covering the Grizzlies. And he starts his coverage this week. So he's a, a former born and raised Memphian, spent some time in East Tennessee. Now he's back in the fold covering the big boys. So speaking of them, Chief, how about this past week? Uh, what, did, what did you see from some of our players? I know that it was, what, week three this week? So I had a couple games. We're seven games in at this point as of recording this podcast before we take on Phoenix tonight. Uh, kind of who has stuck out to you so far as, a, you know, some good surprises or question marks? Yeah, I mean, five and two is, you know, a big surprise, I think. I don't know what I expected, but kind of after that initial start against the Pacers when I wasn't sure what the hell we were going to do offensively or, or how we we're going to look, actually, we sort of settled in to where we belong, which is good defense and middling offense and creating offense from our defense and sort of, letting the defense motivate ourselves. Like when we get a steal, when we get a turnover, that's to us, like might as well be a highlight real dunk. And the guys are yeah. acting that way too. So yeah. that's been good. Uh, granted, as David did mention that we haven't played the most difficult of schedules, but you know, we got the Suns twice. We've had the jazz on the road twice, which are, those are good wins. Of course, one of them without Mitchell uh, who looks to be hurt again, sadly, I think he had a, a more serious injury. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate because he's a, one of the better players in the NBA and certainly a good guy, but um, yeah, that's been surprising. As far as individual players, I've been beyond, I guess, the obvious of Mike and Mark, like looking healthy, you know, looking fit, looking engaged, and sort of just happy to be on the court together, playing consistent minutes together. Uh, Garrett Temple has certainly been a revelation for us. And, and mm-hmm. something we've talked about, man, he might be the best shooting guard that we've had or best wing in, in this since like the grit and grind era, since like 2010. Like we're constantly on the hunt for this three point shooting wing, the three and D wing and really never were able to achieve it in a true form. And we had Courtney Lee's probably the closest, but, you know, Tayshawn Prince, more of a defensive guy. Yeah. Uh, and we had, you know, Jeff Green, who, you know, that's basically like Baltimore. You don't say his name. So I'm sorry for anyone. I just said Jeff Green. Hopefully that doesn't like summon him to Memphis. He's uh, like, he's man. wreaking havoc on Washington. As yeah, he is. Yeah. There's got to be some tracker on <laughs> which city Jeff Green moves to. Like more natural disasters start occurring. Uh, you know, the economy just goes to shit. I don't know. I don't, it, might, it might be a thing, but some, someone might write that article someday. Uh, but Temple's been great, shooting great uh, from three, just really smart. And, and Mike and Mark seem to really like playing with them, which for a, a person like Mark, who can be kind of, you know, like emotional with respect to the roster and who he's playing with, seeing him out there happy and having fun is a really a welcome sight. What about you? What do you, what do you like uh, individual player wise? Yeah, I think Temple has been the the most excited because I didn't really get to watch too much in Sacramento. That wasn't definitely was not a team that was on television too much. So really just kind of knew him on paper. I've been super impressed with him from the, um, from the open practice where he kind of took the mic. And even though it's his first year with the team, he was kind of leading the uh, rookie dance along, making the guys get in there. You could tell he's like a, just a vocal, seems like a very charismatic guy that people will be drawn to. 
and obviously he's got experience in the league and he is very capable. He really seems to fit in with these guys and kind of, he knows his role and he's, he's like getting buckets too, which is something that, you know, that's something that we have lacked in the past. He's our, our third leading scorer right behind Mike and Mark, which is what we have always struggled is who the heck is going to be the third. You know, we have the, the two staples, but we, it's always up in the air who that third person is. And it's never been consistent. And that that's even before Jackson, who he's averaging about 12 points a game, but he's only playing 22 minutes a game because of foul trouble. So he, who he, I think offense is just easy for Jaron Jackson. Whenever he gets the ball, at least like if it's in the paint, he's going to score. And even if he starts out on the perimeter facing the goal, uh, we saw what he did to Rudy Gobert in Utah the other day. Yeah, barbecue chicken him for sure. Ooh, that was yeah. yeah. That I felt real good when he did that. He's, he's not even doing it with the three too, which that was always it was always the yeah. you know, he'll block shots and shoot threes, which begs the question: What the hell was Izzo doing? And something that was asked on our new podcast, Theater in College Hoops, it's a question that we don't know either. Izzo should be reprimanded. He should get retroactively fired for the way he used uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. in college. Unreal that. I mean, maybe he was foul trouble, but. Like, was he like trying to stash him so he'd stay another year? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they alluded to. But I mean, he you know he had a good team there. He had a, a you know he had of course Mikel Bridges who was sort of their their go to scorer and a bunch of seniors. But I mean that's just still it's still just inexcusable in college. Jaron Jackson could have had like twenty five points a game, like ten rebounds. Yeah, but really, thank you, Izzo, because he would have been the number one draft pick if he'd actually played (laughs) in college. I I really think that. Yeah. If he'd have been like Aiden was on Arizona, the featured piece that got to play all the minutes, then yeah, I think he would have had a similar season for sure. Yeah. And I I think to me, so I'm just, I'm kind of getting used to what Kyle Anderson brings to the table, I guess is probably the way to put it. I was expecting him to be more of a score, which it's pretty clear that is definitely not what he's trying, not what he's out there to do, not what he brings to the table. He's playing 24 minutes a game. He's he's drawn uh, several starts ever since Chandler went out, and he's only he still isn't even averaging four points a game. But he's out, he's getting almost six rebounds and multiple steals per game. So he really does have the like like you mentioned earlier. The how a steal for us is almost like Steph Curry hitting back to back threes as right. far as momentum goes and getting everyone excited. Anderson has has that ability and has done that several times. I think back to the Washington game he, when he had four steals in that one, and you know they really we are doing really well with our uh, points off turnovers, and that's a big part of it. And so I think that he's really kind of fallen into that defensive really long guy and also able to get some assists too. So I just have mentally wrapped my mind around the fact that dude is not going to score, but if you have four other guys out there who can score, then that's, that's still pretty good. Yeah. Slow is a plus or minus darling. You know, he's an advanced statistic uh, genius and just sort of makes everyone better when he's on the court intangibly. So uh, although I think that's what we saw that stat out there about how, when he and, Mike and Mark are on the court. That's like apparently the best defensive lineup that we have. And we just, we allow like 92, maybe or high eighties amounts of points for hundred possessions. When Kyle Anderson and Mike and Mark share the court, uh, when he's at power forward, apparently he gets his best minutes at power forward, which is kind of an interesting uh, trend. Maybe something we'll see more going forward traditionally starts at the small forward spot, but 
uh, he, he's really good there. And yeah, I mean, he's it, been great and certainly has fit into his role. It seems like, and along with Garrett Temple just understands the game. And I think the guys really like playing with them. Yeah. What I, what I do want to see, and I kind of tweeted about this earlier is I do want to see Marshawn get some consistent minutes and kind of see what he is able to do. I think he's still, uh, like a big question mark of he could really add to this team as far as getting buckets on the second unit. He just doesn't have the minutes. His, his per 36 stats, he's one of our highest scorers, but I would really like to see him, you know, get some more minutes in there when available, especially if, when we have guys out for injuries. We have a log jam, man. You know, you got like Selden, you got like, I mean, Mac has been good. There's a, 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 a wing guard lo- weird log jam that we have where we're not sure who's going to emerge and end up being those good bench guys. But yeah, I mean, Marshawn's like, obviously he's, he's the classic example of a bucket getter. And uh, he just really like, I mean, to me, there's got to be a reason he's not getting minutes. Uh, you know, of course, like it wouldn't be like J, JB would just maliciously keep him on the bench or, you know, hatch some plan against him or something. But to me, it has to be defense. Uh, you know, when I see him on the floor, he, he, he has a general, like his general attitude and just his look on his face always looks really disinterested. I think that's just like what he looks like, but yeah. uh, he also like just, you know, kind of just doesn't really try on defense and really never had to. And that was never his thing in either college or his initial years in the NBA. It's certainly not China. I mean, shit, you probably just stand there on the perimeter and you're playing defense on China, you know? <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but I don't know. I hadn't watched too much Chinese basketball. No, no, used to, but you know, really hadn't been that. Yeah. So yeah. So like he, you can't have a guy on the court, no matter how many points that he may or may not score. When we hang our hats on the defensive end like that, you can't just put a guy out there. It's just going to like make everyone else have to, because we're team defense, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't have just some like stopper. We have a very cohesive structure that relies on everyone switching, everyone talking to each other. And then if one person gambles and the other person, coming to cover the weak side, but he just doesn't seem to either want to do that or doesn't do that. I think that's why he's not getting minutes. So I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, want him on the court, if he's not going to play defense, I don't know if I've seen him enough to know that he won't, but that's gotta be what's going on. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. And I, I guess if you, if, if you're completely screwing up all the, the main, you know, plan, the main thing that we hold our hat on, then you're kind of going against the grain of what, you know, you're doing more harm than good, I guess. Is It'd be like Golden State bringing Tony Allen off the bench or something. You know, they, they, Ooh, like, they that's jack, good. They jack threes and they score and they're fast. And then like, then their bench unit comes in, they bring in this defensive stopper who can't shoot. And it's like, and then, and then they're, you know, they're like, why are you not doing you know, it? Just yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. fit the, the scheme or the tone or like sort of the whole, uh, you know, the whole team. So it's, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if that's exactly on point, but I don't know. It's, there's gotta be something going on. We're just a couple of guys talking about the NBA from, you know, from our living rooms, but so we're not necessarily in the locker room, but I, that, that would be my guess if, if I made a million dollar bet. We'll have to have David Cobb uh, find out the skinny on yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. We need David to go in there and figure that out for sure. That'll be, can we assign assignments? Is that how that works? I, I think so. I okay. mean, we've been on the show. So like what I'm hearing now is we're the commercial appeal basically. <laughs> and, and we, you know, we're, I'm we're, sure they appreciate that. We're Jeanette or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we'll, we'll sort of, you know, structure the commercial pills we see fit coming, going forward, you know? <laughs> uh, okay. So earlier this week, uh, the Grizzlies released Andrew Harrison. Um, so we have a free roster spot. What would you like to see in that roster spot? What kind of player 
or do you have someone in particular uh, that you would like to see there? What do you, what are your thoughts around surrounding that? Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting move doing it so soon, unless they had someone in mind, but it doesn't seem like they do. So I don't really know what the point, the timing was there. Um, I think they, I think it had to do something more with the financials. If I've from what I've heard, okay, like what was guaranteed on his contract and some timelines, uh, like that. I thought he like was. I thought there was still like months before he was guaranteed that or something. But regardless, uh, if, if as far as that roster spot, I guess if there's anyone out there that you know, we, we definitely need rebounding, um, and you know that would be just sort of I guess sort of a big man. And I would certainly like to see someone younger. Uh, in that spot, maybe someone that we could develop and, and maybe get better just that may have gotten cut from a team. Maybe like, I guess the equivalent of like a Wade Baldwin, someone with potential mm-hmm. uh, that just got cut from his team. Cause he just never, he just didn't fit in the system. And just like how Wade Baldwin got picked up by Portland. I'm not saying he's, you know, doing well, but someone yeah. like that, like otherwise there's been a lot of talk of Zebo, and you know, I don't know, like you, give, you, know, you give your Zebo take. I think uh, yeah, to hear I, it. So I, I was expecting a lot more backlash online than what I actually received. But so with Zebo, you know, we talk a lot about how our team has really developed into kind of a, you know, a Swiss army knife, I guess, where multiple players can score. Uh, we have a very structured strategy on offense uh, as far as timing of possession and everything. And I really don't know if at this point, uh, Zebo would fit in very well. Really? It, you know, actually I don't, I, I don't think Zebo would fit in very well with what we're trying to do. Cause really, if, I don't know what the number is, but I feel like you just, you get the ball into Zebo and that's where the ball is staying. The ball is staying with Zebo, and, you know, everyone can kind of converge on that. And then you're off Your possession is basically just dead. Um, outside of, you know, Zebo and gr- granted he could score a lot of times, but it's also hard. It's kind of like being a fielder in baseball when you have a pitcher who he's more of a strikeout or walk pitcher. Those are the two things. So when the ball is hit to you, you're kind of, it. you're not as on your toes. At, whereas if it's like a ground ball pitcher, then you know, you always, and you're an infielder, you know, you always have to be ready. So like ball goes to Zebo, it's not coming out. So when it does, your whole offense is kind of thrown out of whack. But uh, he he could probably help with the, some rebounding. But I would like to think there's someone else out there, like you mentioned, who's younger, who we could kind of develop and work them into our system. Whereas Zebo's Zebo Zebo, and he does Zebo Zebo things, which he's done for 20 years. So you're not necessarily going to change the way that he operates based on what the team is doing at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, let me be clear though. I don't want to sign a bum over Zebo. Like, I, I mean, no. I, you know, like this is all predicated on the idea. There might be someone out there that you could reasonably develop, but I mean, not Joe came Noah. That's not, no, I hell not. I don't, no. I, his name surfaced some. I'm not really about that. No, I don't need his tennis playing ass in Memphis. Um, all right. So like, so, you know, Zebo on the bench is, is intriguing. He did well when he came off the bench, I don't know, three years ago. And uh, I, you know, yes. Like when you throw the ball into him, it's going to stick there and he's going to shoot an elbow fadeaway jumper, but he does make that shot. And there were entire offensive sets premised on that when he was here. Like basically, I think it was like clear four or something was the call that meant that everyone runs to the baseline and then you feed Zebo and like, just let him, you know, take 12 seconds jab step and then, you know, make the shot like 50% of the time, which is pretty good percentage. Uh, 
with us, like maybe sometimes we get late in the shot clock and still haven't necessarily initiated our offensive action. Maybe that isn't such a bad shot, you know, like, cause we don't have anyone that we can give the ball to on the second unit in that situation, you know, in that last 10 seconds, they can get us a bucket. So, you know, like I'd like to have Zebo over just some random bomb, but I'd certainly like to get out there and, and maybe peruse the, the market and see if we can get a young player that fits the system and sort of the identity of the team. Yeah. Maybe uh, there's someone they can pick up from a G league or something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, someone that shoots threes is certainly more ideal. Um, just the way the league's going, as we often say, what are the things to follow this week? What do we, what do we, what are four things to watch? Four uh, things to watch. Yeah. So, um, we have Memphis actually has, you know, we've talked about how we haven't really played anyone. Well, we had the 29th strength of schedule so far. So, yeah, we really haven't played anyone. But this week we've got uh, Golden State on Monday. So, obviously, the best team in the NBA. Then second, on Wednesday. Second night of back-to-back, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's really going to be a bear. Um, no way they I win. Don't, the I'm no curious way. if anyone, if we sit people or yeah. kind of what we do in that situation – because Golden State, they're off today. They're not playing today. So they'll be uh, – I don't know if they played last night or oh. Friday. I'm not sure. But they um, – so they'll – might be an opportunity for us to sit sit some guys. But then we're going to – or we come back to Memphis and have Denver uh, comes to play us, and they're doing very well. So that's another – I think they're second in the West right now. So you got – one and two in the same week. And then we finish the week off with the Sixers who are doing uh, pretty well over in the Eastern conference. So this will really be a week to, to test us and see how we actually stack up against playoff teams. Cause so yeah. far we've only played well outside of Sacramento, who's surprising people this far into the season. I mean, we've played, we will have played Phoenix a couple of times uh, Indiana was a very poor showing, so we stunk against the best team that we've played so far and then got a, a gutty win in Utah the first time and then kind of like, a, you know, a sh- they were short their star the other day when we played them. So yeah. I think that we'll really get tested this week to kind of see, give us a good barometer to uh, where our team actually stands. And then really a, a hot topic that we've, you know, kind of in our group chat talked about is, is Jaron Jackson going to be able to stay out of foul trouble? Cause we mentioned the guy gets buckets. He he's an impact on defense, but can he stay on the court is kind of the big question. Yeah. I think as far as the upcoming games, I'd really like to see us win that, that nuggets home game. Yeah. The nuggets are the up and coming kind of young, smaller market, you know, no superstar. They got Jokic, who's kind of a Marcus esque player. He's often compared to they're kind of, the nuggets are kind of like the, the Grizzlies uh, in terms of where we were like seven years ago, we were just starting to be on our rise and we kind mm-hmm. of played a little differently than everyone else. And all the, you know, the Zach Lowe's of the world were just jumping on our D. Uh, now they've switched from our D to their D. Um, but <laughs> they, you know, whatever they got the, the European host, center. That must don't be, be loyal. Team. You know, yeah. the host don't be loyal, but so, you know, we, if we can beat them at home, you know, it's a very winnable game, couple nights off. That would be a nice showing, I think, that, hey, we can win. We can beat those Western Conference playoff teams, and here we are. So uh, that would be a huge win. I think that's the one I have my eye on the most. Obviously, 76ers would be a good win. Counting Warriors out. No way we win that game. <laughs> Triple J, he is going to be fine. Uh, he is a rookie. He's getting a bunch of bullshit rookie calls. And 
you know, I think as you've seen, as Chris Harrington has alluded to as well, most players that kind of start out that are going to be probably future superstars, like their foul rates consistently go down both because they get smarter and also because the refs start to respect them and start, stop calling uh, ticky tack foul calls on them. So I think he'll be fine. I think it will impact this season though, which sucks. Cause I think he could really win rookie of the year, but he won't because he won't he get the minutes stay on the court. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he can't be like Trey Young, get her usage rate of like a million or whatever. So, yeah. No, I bet Trey Young doesn't get those foul calls against him. No, because he's smaller. But, I mean, and it's also a size thing too. Like I've noticed that you know the the, the size discrepancy between two players, the, the fouls often called on the bigger guy, regardless of who initiated anything, or like it's you know it's I guess you know it's fast paced game. It's tough. The refs have a lot to do, but it's just it's, the trends are weird. I don't understand why if you're a rookie you get calls that aren't. If there's a foul, it's a foul, but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I don't understand why it has to be that way. Or like you have to earn your respect. Like it's, yeah. it's this whole like thing where you have to get to know the refs and remember them and talk to them on the road and like just you know get to know them all and kind of like become buddy buddies with them. But that seems kind of unethical just in general. Like, but whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not David Stern. Uh, I'm, I'm not Adam Silver. So, although I might be in like 20 years, I don't know. Who knows? I could be an NBA commissioner. Well, that's but, none of my business. Yeah. Kermit drinking tea. Kermit drinking the tea. But I don't know. I, uh, I think he'll be fine. It's, it's frustrating this season, though. So, the next question, will the Grizzlies role players stay hot? So, kind of meaning the Shelvin Max, the Garrett Temples, the Kyle Andersons. Are those guys – are they here to stay at that level or are they going to just kind of, are, are we just getting the best of the best right now? And then they're going to fall off the map. Yeah. I think Kyle Anderson's going to stay. I don't know if he's hot or like whatever. I don't know what you call Kyle Anderson, but yeah. like, I think he, that's what he does. So yeah, I think he keeps doing what he's doing. Gary Temple's not going to shoot 50% from three for the season. So no, he won't stay as hot, but he takes good shots. Like I, he takes re- really open threes in rhythm for the most part. So he's going to shoot. I think he shoots 40%. I think he has a good three point uh, percentage on consistent attempts. Mac has shot really well from three, like in crazy late shot clock situations. He's become like the late shot clock, like hero ball guy, like huge buckets, like in the set, in the third quarter, he hits like a three when we're on our heels and he gets everyone back into it. It's been surprising, honestly. It's so I don't, I don't, I've never watched much of Shelvin Mack in my life. So well, no, it, we got these guys, we brought these guys in that played for like outside of Anderson who played for San Antonio. So Mack was at Orlando temple was in Sacramento. So I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> never forget. Pounce. I never forget. Never forget. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of those guys that you really don't know, um, so good on Chris Wallace and co for kind of being proactive and I won't say that much. So you guys better note that I said that. To the <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not always hating here at the bar. Sometimes we, we, we're all love. I can uh, appreciate it, you know? Yeah, sure. Sure. Mac I, yeah. That's good that they're earning their, you know, millions of dollars. That's I'm not mad about that. No, no, they should. But uh, yeah, I think Anderson's kind of he even even with his defense and stuff, he started off a little slow, probably trying to figure out the system and everything. But he really seems to have found his stride there. Um, and he 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 is pretty much now the past few games been performing at what we expect for him to perform at. Um, and for an eight million dollar player, people might be upset that he's not scoring more. But 
uh, you you got to have these guys. Even like Golden State, they, if you look at their how their scoring setup, they have you know Steph's averaging over thirty, Durant's in the twenties, Clay's about twenty, and then the next person is eight, and then everyone else is averaging like four points a game. So it is super top heavy over there. So it's not like outrageous that we have three guys who are leading us and even max. So we're kind of a little less top heavy than some like someone like golden state. Obviously our ceiling is not as high as far as scoring goes. Um, but that's kind of, that's just how we're set up. But then uh temple temples. Yeah. He's playing ridiculous. He's just shooting and, playing a lot more than he normally does. He's playing over 30 minutes a game and the most he's ever played before is 26. So he's going to, I'd have to assume at 32 years old, he's going to fatigue at some point uh, in the near future. So he's going to kind of, he'll have to regress to the mean a little bit and then that'll be a chance for someone else to step up. Uh, hopefully we have Jermichael Green back around that time and he can kind of, you know, maybe pick up some slack. He doesn't always seem to do that in the past, uh, necessarily been a plus, but then Jackson, hopefully we'll figure it out and make up for some of those points that temple is not getting at that point in time. But his, I, thing I like about temple the most is that his presence on the court, he's always involved and he's very vocal and just seems like a really good presence out there. Usually uh, guard the, the team the best player on the other team. Yeah, he usually D's up the you know the star point guard shoot anyone from a one to a three that's and that's we've seen that's usually the stars in the league or those positions. Uh, he he D's them up so and you can important. be good at defense and score. Okay, <laughs> okay, G Tip, new stuff. Uh, yeah, hot girlfriend for G Tip too. Uh, he he was a oh, Latin. really he has, he has Jasmine might be his wife. I don't know. I haven't done the research. Uh, uh, she's very attractive. So shouts to G Tip, man. Just, yeah, he's uh, a stud, dude. Yeah. Good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. good-looking guy. LSU guy. Uh, sorry, the Tigers are going to have to. Memphis Tigers are going to have to go in there and beat LSU on the road here in a month. So we'll have to apologize, Temple, to that. Is but that a actually like two weeks? Is that a neutral site game or is no, that at LSU in their rank? Yeah, second game of the season. Yeah, big game. Uh, yeah. All right, this Memphis defense is currently fourth in the league. It's it, it is uh it's it's a different sort of defense that we've seen, uh, but still you know predominantly predicated on the Mike Mark, particularly Marcus all being the quarterback of this defense. And let me tell you, Marcus all having just a Renaissance season. Man. Oh man. This guy, like, l- let me just, if I may, uh, in the you dark night, yeah, yeah, thank you. In the dark night rises, uh, you know, through the midway point of the film, uh, Batman is, his back is broken by the villain Bane <laughs> left to die in a prison. And, um, he rises, literally, he rises out of the, the pit of the prison. He does a bunch of push-ups and sit-ups and somehow heals his back. But let's not get into the medical. Yeah, that makes that. a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, and, and so he, he comes out and beats Bane, figures him out, like somehow, like ch- champions over death, and uh, and ends up being a better Batman than he'd ever been. Marcus All in this hypothetical is Batman. He's Christian Bale because he last season I think had his back okay. broken. I think okay. last season he was sad. He didn't play with intelligent defenders. Uh, we had a weird team. We weren't trying to win, which no player likes that. So I think it was a tough season for Marcus Hall, but he seems what we're often seeing is reinvigorated, you know, re-energized by this, this youthful squad uh, and intelligent squad. So he's back and he's playing better defense than maybe he ever has. Uh, technically he's playing better defense than he did his uh, defensive player of the year season. And a large portion of that is because smartly 
JB has Mark sagging on most pick and rolls. He's not hedging as much, so he's not he's not getting out and defending the guard around the screen uh, as uh, as uh, for those that don't know what the hedging or sagging does. Instead, he kind of stays back in the paint, and prevents the easy layup, but that allows him to not move around as much. You know, he's not having to shuffle around like it's saving his steps to be more meaningful. Um, so that's it, kind of an important little tweak that I think they made. And you can read more about that on uh, Peter Edmondson's piece at the athletic. So that's been an important tweak and he's just been talking. He's been getting steals too. Like he's been reading passes. He's been cutting off all passing lanes. Anytime a guard gets in the paint. So it's just been great to watch and it's awesome to see him doing what he does best, which is quarterbacking a defense. So if Mark stays healthy, if this team stays healthy, yes, I think they continue to be one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. It's it seems like it's more of a team effort than just Mark having to go out there and do it by himself because he does he can really have a lot of body language. You know, you can really tell if he's into it or if he's not into it. And what most of last year he was not into it. You know, once Mike wasn't out there, it was pretty hopeless, but on both ends of the floor, he's just like, he's super amped. Yeah. Which really, what gets you more excited than a seven foot guy just doing like finger guns and stuff? Yeah. Like yeah. Drill like, three. yeah when he wet that three and he like does oh, the boom. Yeah. Yeah, he does the boom. That was, yeah, it was awesome. Like, and you could tell he didn't plan to do that. It's completely off the cuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome. And clearly he's feeling himself again, which is, bodes well for us. Yeah. And I, I I'm so far, I mean, I think JB's done a really good job of using the pieces that he has and they really did a good job so far from what I can tell, get bringing in guys from the off season, like uh, Anderson and temple two really, really strong defensive players. And, you know, we kind of craft on grit and grind or like being defensive minded uh, early in the season or preseason. But uh, I would, I'm curious, you know, check back this time next week and see how we did against these three teams. And then we'll really kind of understand if that is something is that if that's a way that you can win basketball games in the NBA uh, with this roster. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big test this week. We'll see what happens. Yep. I'm excited about it. So uh, everyone go to our website, the hyphen barnburner.com. We've got articles up there. We got previews, Grizzlies Hall of Fame folks, uh, Memphis Tiger basketball coverage, UT Vols basketball. If it's hoops related, we've got it. Go check us out on Instagram or sorry, Twitter, the underscore barn burner. Um, find good content there throughout the games, throughout the week. Good gifs or gifs. The Chief is uh, all about those now. So. Mm quality content over there um so check us out and everyone have a good week and go gris go gris